1: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Will the Dallas Cowboys draft a running back in the 2022 NFL Draft? All that and so much more on this episode of the show.
2: You are Locked On Cowboys. Your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network. Your on. team every Locked day.
1: Locked on Locked. Locked on. Locked on,
2: Cowboys.
1: Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listener of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. I am joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCool BCB and Landon. We're getting, to, getting going to get to your Twitter questions today. Uh, the first question comes from Zach. He wants to know, should the Cowboys look to spend a late round pick on a running back this season with the expectation that Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard could be gone after this year? If so, what type of running back would you like to see in Dallas? Well, I think that running back
0: has got to be a position that they have to consider because of what you just mentioned—the the contract status. Uh, I, I do think that they have a guy that they like, Enrico Dowdle, that will come be coming back. I think he's something that they can uh, at least potentially th- vision for some kind of role maybe next year and beyond if they wanted to have like a third guy in the mix. Uh, but it, I think that yeah, I mean, essentially they're going to lose their top two running backs. You know, after I think next year. Uh, and so they need or at least you know, with, with Zeke, you would think so because of the contract situation that Probably. kind of becomes the first yeah. year or it's palatable. So I, I think, yeah, getting a guy in kind of in the later rounds to start, you know, kind of getting him ready to the NFL, especially if you if you like somebody that you think could be a developmental guy, getting him in a year early would definitely be helpful. Um, I, I, you know, I think that you're likely, if you're going to lose both of those guys, you're not going to resign either of them. You're likely going to need to draft another guy as well. I mean, I don't know that a late round guy necessarily by himself is going to do it uh, just because the barren, the, the room, yeah. the room very barren, right? Like at the very least, I would think you need a couple different running backs to kind of, uh, shoulder that load. So, uh, whether you believe in the idea of running back by committee or, or a, a singular kind of running back, taking the carries, I think drafting one in the late round is a start, but it's not the finish of of kind of developing that, that running back room in 2023 and beyond.
1: All right. A couple of questions here. How sure are we that Zeke is going to be gone after this year? Because yes, they can start getting out of his contract after next year. They would save $4.8 million. If they cut him. they would still have a dead cat pit of 11.8 million, but I almost wonder if 2024 is the year because that they would save 8.2 million. If they cut him that year, Uh, only six million dollars dead cap so maybe maybe the answer is you find somebody to replace Tony Pollard right and you kind of maybe continue to use Elliott as that in between the tackle guy the pass protecting back and you replace Pollard not Zeke this offseason
0: yeah and maybe that's maybe that's the idea right is that you kind of try to find a more dynamic guy that maybe you try to find another Pollard right that is uh uh, uh kind of slips through the crack in, in a deep class or, or is kind of making a transition from another position. Um, you find a guy who can kind of give you some uh, explosives from the backfield. Uh, and then, yeah, if you, if you need to, you can keep Zeke an extra year uh, and then kind of transition that role to somebody else, maybe get a veteran free agent a, a, a after that year or someone that's cheap um and then uh kind of give the keys to whoever is that kind of uh, that back that you've drafted that you've developed and, and then kind of go from there but I, I think running back is one of those spots where they're likely going to need to find a couple different solutions right to kind mm-hmm. of fill that role uh there may not be a, a silver bullet it may be drafting a guy signing a guy developing a lower round draft pick
1: i think for me though anymore i'm just drafting guys with speed at the running back position, right? Like you got to be able to hit home runs. And I know there's parts of that that's not necessarily just based on speed, but I want the athletes back there that, hey, if it's blocked well, they can take a six-yard run, 60 yards. Like That's the type of guys I'm looking for. And I've done a little bit of research in this class, Landon, and there's just not a lot of those athletes at the running back position. Maybe that's kind of the way the NFL is going anyways. Maybe we're seeing the more athletic guys play other positions. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think that you know one of the
0: options here is to try to find a guy that is kind of a uh, a, a blend, uh, a kind of you know I think what we've seen with the way that San Francisco kind of you know used some of their players, and, and and frankly the Cowboys did it too. I mean a little bit with CD Lamb, they saw him getting carries. That but those two positions are starting to blend in a little bit together, and, and Debo Samuel is obviously the kind of key example there the best of the best example there and and is you know certainly not you know uh not a normal player not a guy that every team has right the ability to kind of just plug in a guy who could really run the football like that but i do think that that's something that the team should look forward to because i do think that there is a body type a uh, an athlete type that is coming out of college football that may not have had kind of the uh you know, one-to-one fit into NFL offenses in the past. But now that job may be a little bit more open. Maybe drafting a slot receiver that you're giving five to six carries a game as well is something that you start seeing in the future a little bit. So uh, don't just look at the running back position, I would say, for the Cowboys. Look for, you know, guys that have experience running the football in college backfields that could also line up out wide and, and, and play wide receiver. You know, it would be interesting to see if Tony Pollard got drafted this year Uh, how his usage would maybe potentially be changed as it was where he was drafted. Right. Like I I would, I I wonder if, if, and and frankly, it's, it'll be interesting to see if the Cowboys deploy Tony Pollard a little differently next year, maybe using him more as a wide receiver uh, and kind of blending that role up a little bit, almost like a reverse Debo Samuel. So uh, I I do think that the wide receiver and running back position is going to have a lot of crossover kind of moving forward. And and that, you know, that, uh, that dam has been broken because of people like Debo Samuel.
1: Yeah, so I, I just looked up something really quickly as you were talking. The Cowboys had, they averaged about 27 and a half rushes a game. I wonder what the correct split is how to use those carries anymore. Like, do you give somebody like CeeDee Lamb seven carries a game and then your quarterback has three carries a game and now you're down to 17 traditional runs by running back? Or maybe if it's even less than that, maybe you try to get your receivers 10 carries a game. I, I I just wonder if the Cowboys or the rest of the league should start looking at it that way. Like, hey, our traditional running back only needs 12 touches or 12 carries a game. If we're giving him more than that, it's probably not super beneficial to our offense.
0: I think that the development and the kind of analytical conversation as to what is valuable in running the football has now evolved to the idea that I think running the football is important. I think that people need to start recognizing that it is an important thing. I think what we're learning is that running the football does not always and should not often mean turning around and handing the the ball to the running back. You yes. know, it means zone read. It means, uh, you know, jet sweeps. It means putting a, a specialty player in the backfield, giving them the football. I think that all things should be on the table for the running back moving forward. And we need the thing that we need to move away from potentially is kind of this idea that one running back takes 27 carries yes. in a game. And, yes. and that's the the only focus The 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 running back, the running game needs to start being treated very similar to the passing game where it's, you're kind of spreading out these touches across multiple players so that you can kind of spread the, the, the punishment that gets rolled out as well. But also because those kind of mixing and matching of those personnel can create big play opportunities because the defense kind of has to adjust their, you know, yeah. their speed in order to kind of anticipate who's on the field.
1: You even saw, I mean, Debo Samuel is the best example of a team using a, a diverse rushing attack, but you saw moments this year where teams were taking off their quarterback to put in a better runner under center. Like the the Chiefs were a perfect example, right? On third and short, they're taking Mahomes off the field. They're putting Blake Bell under center to run a quarterback sneak because he's just better at running that, and it protects your quarterback. Uh, the The Raiders did it with they took Derek Carr off the field. They used Marcus Mariota in the backfield, and. I wonder if that's also a little bit of a trend as well. The Dolphins did it with Jacoby Brissett, one of the best quarterback sneakers at the position. They took two off the field, and because Brissett's a bigger guy, more effective. Maybe that's what running the ball is going to look like kind of going forward over the next five or six years.
0: Yeah, I think creativity, you know, we've seen a creativity revolution in, in the passing game. Uh, in the run game, It's it's the creativity has just been about, in the past, it's just been about kind of, mixing and blending zone and run schemes and bringing some, you know, kind of run concepts from college. Uh, But I think, you know, the next uh, uh, horizon is kind of mixing the variety of the players that are actually taking the carries. I think that's yeah an interesting next step in, in
1: evolution of running game. All right, let's take a quick break. So we can tell you guys about bet online football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports bet needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Landon, this next question comes from Adam. He wants to know, what are the chances that the Cowboys draft a safety with one of their top picks? I know it's not in their nature to do that, but maybe Dan Quinn coming back a second year, might have more influence on how they handled the position. Um, before I, I let you answer this, I just want a little bit of some background information. Uh, during Dan Quinn's time with the Falcons, so from 2015 to 2020, they drafted one total safety, one Keanu Neal, who plays linebacker now for the Cowboys. Do you think Dan Quinn just doesn't value that position like the Cowboys don't, or do you think it depends on the player?
0: I think it probably depends on the player. Um, but, you know, I also think the Cowboys are in a situation where they are, you know, we talked about it, I think, you know, on Friday, right? They are in a spot where they could potentially re-sign all of their starting uh, safeties for very cheap. So, uh, yep. you know, they may choose to do that and go with the, uh, the kind of experience you know, route uh, as opposed to wasting a draft pick there. So I think if the right fo- right guy fell to them, um, I, I that kid from Michigan is Dax Hill. I think he Dax may Hill, be a yep. guy that might be kind of more of, of, of a slot range. player to me, but that's yeah, just not... yeah, no, that's the, you're not wrong. Um, I, I think that you know, uh, there are some guys in there that the the kid from uh, uh, from Penn State, uh, I'm, I'm not Brisker. great with the names, Brisker, Brisker yeah, yeah, you know, there's guys that that are I think are in their kind of range that 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 potentially they could be looking for, but uh I, I also think that it's easy for them to say okay we can resign all three of our starting safeties who we liked last year for very cheap even the most expensive guy is probably only going to cost us five million dollars maybe so yep. if you could if you could sign all three for like less than ten million dollars i would rather do that than waste a draft pick on a guy that I like, but don't love. And, and especially if there's other talent at that same spot in the draft, I may just kind of opt for that route and, and, and alleviate one
1: of my, my needs going into the draft. I agree. I think, I mean, if we look back at last year, they really liked Richie Grant. Uh, I remember the war room cam, I believe it was McCarthy. They got upset when Richie Grant got picked ahead of them. Uh, they also liked Trevon Merrick a little bit. They had to pit yeah. once he went uh, with Raiders straight up one pick ahead of them. So I don't think they're opposed to drafting a safety. I think it just has to be the right guy. Yeah. Right.
0: So. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's – no, I don't think that they're like, you know, uh, it's against their belief to draft a safety or anything like that, despite what evidence may tell you. Uh, I, I think it's more just that the, the situation is right. And, I you know, honestly, the NFL just doesn't value safeties the way that, that – we do the way that that people that evaluate the game well, do, that are you know what's the changed
1: so much is i i remember even three four years ago the league valued free safety so much like that was if you were a strong safety in the nfl you might as well have been you yeah. might as well have had leprosy right like they just didn't care about you at all right <laughs> yeah. but if you're yeah. a free safety who can be that deep center fielder like earl thomas that's so valuable and i really feel like in a matter of two years it's completely flipped right The guys that can come down in the box and hit and play like a linebacker and can play within like 10 yards, those are the guys that have a lot of value. And the deep center fielders, it's just like, just don't get us killed back there, and you're fine, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's – and honestly, you know, as they started to move away from a lot of the cover one and cover three stuff, Mm -hmm. you're starting to get more and more of this – uh, split safety look so so even the kind of more valuable aspects of the safety's games have been mitigated to a large degree as they teams move away from uh middle of the field close coverage to to mofo coverage so uh you know i, I think that the the it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what someone like jesse Bates's uh uh mm, you yes. know free agent market is going to be because honestly i think that's going to be a, an interesting bellwether for exactly where the safety position is going you know kind of As a whole, because he's, you know, he's, he's the closest thing they have to a a, a top, you know, safety. He can play free safety. He's not Earl Thomas-esque, but he's probably the best true center fielder or one of them in in, in football. And and he's a free agent. So I think if anyone's going to get paid as a safety, it's likely to be him. But I don't know that the market is that huge for him.
1: Uh, I agree. Uh, All right. Next question from Brady. Name a handful of players that may be available for trade that you'd be willing to go after. Um, So this is really tricky because the Cowboys don't have a lot of cap space, right? So if they trade for somebody, it's going to have to be somebody on a rookie contract, right? Probably. Yeah, probably so. Okay. So that makes this discussion tough. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll give you some names. Uh, If the Cowboys are wanting to save some money and they want a receiver back, you could ask Jacksonville to – to flip like lavisca chanel for amari cooper i would hate that trade but at least you're saving cap space in getting a prospect back does that make sense
0: yeah i guess i mean it, it makes sense to, uh, look all of this is kind of in the the context of us desperately trying to make this trade make sense you know, or, or yeah. you know trying to figure out like the the the, the rumor more than anything else so um, I got another one, yeah, yeah. Give more. me another one,
1: yeah. yeah. What if the Cowboys uh move on from let's say they they keep Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence denies a pay cut? AJ Epinesa is somebody who could probably be available for a trade like a day three pick, but he interests you as like a base left end. I
0: mean, it, again, we're just trying to fit like this stuff, uh, yeah. I guess I mean, I don't know, I, I it, it almost kind of then you know, hastens the getting rid of DeMarcus Lawrence too. Right. It's like, it's Hmm. uh, Epinesa. I didn't love Epinesa coming out. So, yeah. So he doesn't really move the needle for me too much, to be honest. But I mean, again, we're trying to, you know, kind of ham fist this situation into getting something worthy of return on a trade like this, which
1: really speaks to whether, (laughs) whether we should be doing
0: this trade or not.
1: Uh, I'm going through like some of the the Falcons guys that they drafted like over the last couple of years just to see like is there anybody that would make sense Marlon Davidson uh, an Auburn guy you would you be interested yeah. in that?
0: Uh, I mean I think he kind of you know he can give you some interior pass rush I, I mean I, he hasn't really produced a ton so far no. um, in his career so I don't know if if like it's really it, it, moving there's not a lot of great much. names out there it's yeah just, there really no. isn't yeah. I just it's it's more like you you should just try to trade the the pick value and and if that's what you're gonna do and just or flop spots or something like yeah often trying to ham fist these guys like especially in rookie deals or that could fit underneath the cap it's it it's not a perfect fit.
1: All right, one last one, another Falcons guy, Chris Lindstrom, the guard that they drafted from Boston College a couple of years ago. They haven't loved him there. Um, so is that interesting to you at all? Now he's, his cap number's is a little high, but you probably could get him for late day two, early day three pick.
0: Side note, real quick: is he the brother of the center yes. that's coming out? Is yeah. he? That's his brother. Okay, I was wondering. Um, he hasn't been. He hasn't been life altering. I mean, a yeah. lot of his stuff has been injury related and kind of just coming back from an injury and and trying to get uh you know back up to speed. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're trying to make a trade work, that's one thing. But I don't know that I'm like,
1: you know, <laughs> did great out as PFF's six best offensive guard last year.
0: That's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I I haven't watched a ton of him, but it feels like it's it's still like an an underpay for what what the the Falcons are getting out out of this. To my in my Probably. opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's our takeaway here. There's just not a lot of guys here that... What about Calvin Ridley? So he was drafted in 2018, 18, 19, 20, 21. I think he's got the 50-year option that he needs to get paid. It's basically the same exact situation that you had with Amari a few years ago, right? Ridley's older. You hate Ridley. <laughs> you,
0: you're, you're constantly, this is all like reverse engineered to try to like make sure that Ridley's not not seen as good. But, no, I'm just yeah. saying
1: like, I actually think Ridley would be a really good fit with Dak and CD. I, I, I think just so don't Ridley know if I'm giving up a lot for that player right now. Yeah, I mean, again, like
0: this is kind of going back to what what are we doing here? Like you know, what I'm saying, are we getting rid of the salary? If we're getting rid of the salary, Calvin Ridley makes a lot of sense because you're getting not yeah. not an, an equivalent player, but a player of certainly you know as close as you're going to get to uh, uh, a a Cooper, right? And then uh, for 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 what we're doing, and then you know, obviously the, the pick. So I think I think the Ridley makes some sense simply because of his situation in Atlanta. Uh,
1: he's eleven. He's eleven million dollars this year. That's all it would be. Do you think, do you think the the Falcons would be up for a Amari Cooper for Calvin Midley swap? Oh, are we just talking about now, just trading him straight up? Yeah, well, I, I, let's just ask. Do you think they would be interested?
0: Oh yeah, I think they would be interested. They better be interested, right? Would you a do guy that? that's no, I wouldn't do that. You would save five million. That's not enough for me. I I, I, would a, I would need the picks too. Like you know what I'm saying, like. I don't know the, the Calvin Ridley situation for them is not good. Like, like as it stands right now, Atlanta's not going to get anything from Calvin Ridley. So for the Cowboys, they're like kind of doing them a, a little bit of a favor as well. And on top of that, giving them Amari Cooper. So we want the picks as well. Like you're, you're
1: getting, yeah, so your the benefit for Dallas would be you're getting, you're saving $5 million of cap space basically. And you're getting a player to replace Amari yeah that's probably that's not bad right yeah but that's not enough for me though right like to me oh, I, don't I would not disagree rather... i don't yeah i don't disagree but but i could see the appeal for it if you're dallas like if the option is hey we're just gonna cut amari cooper do this trade 100 times a 100 but i don't think that should be the option right i certainly prefer them straight up trading
0: him to atlanta for for ridley uh, as opposed to them just cutting him, absolutely, because obviously you don't get anything. But honestly, the Cowboys should be trying to inquire about trading him and then also getting picks, in my opinion. Just because, look, I know that there's money involved, but but Cooper is a better player, like a much he is better, a better player. player. Yeah. So, uh, and I think you know, in a where in a team where they're kind of, I don't know what the plan is with the Atlanta Falcons right now, but I think Cooper you know, with Matt Ryan and, and, and what's going on there with Pitts suddenly gives their offense a shot in their arm. That kind of makes them at least relevant, a little bit more relevant than they were last year. Um, I don't know. I, I I think if I'm the Cowboys, I'm asking for more. All
1: right. We're going to ask people on Twitter as soon as this podcast is done. Would you trade a Mario for Calvin Ridley? I got a feeling cowboy fans are going to be a favor- in favor of that trade. I, I would be fine with it, but I agree with you. I would want more. I, I don't ha- hate it. I
0: just, I want more, you know, okay. I, fair I, I'm enough. not going to cry
1: about it. It's fair enough. Uh, all right. One more quick break to tell you guys about built bar this time of the year. Everybody's given up on their new year's resolutions, but not us. We are sticking to ours uh, and ours is to eat better because we've got built bar built bars just tastes so good. Uh, they're only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Best of all, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. Compare that to a candy bar that has like 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Uh, they also have so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut and almond. And the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and the new flavors are coming in all of the time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right,
1: last question here from Chandler. What game from the 2021 season do you think defined last year's team? I think a lot of people would say New England, but that seemed to be more of a turning point, not what the team was actually destined to be.
0: Man, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, that Raiders game, as terrible as it, as it was, like uh, there's a lot of kind of season-wide themes that it feels like you could extrapolate from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of getting in their own way, uh, refereeing in general, um, and then just an explosive offense that can kind of just erupt at times
1: uh, and just kind of show incredible uh, ability. Um, what about the Bucks game in week one? Because it, 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 you had the defense create turnovers, right? You had the offense for spurts look really, really good. You had Greg Zerline missing a big field goal, I believe, <laughs> early in that game. And when you absolutely needed to get a stop on defense, you just couldn't get one.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good one, too, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple of different games, and that's maybe why it's the season-wide narrative, right, is because a couple of these games can kind of define pretty yep. well what happened over all the season. So, uh, yeah, I think both of those are kind of nice. Uh, that, uh, that game just felt the so season. much
1: like the Cowboys can absolutely play with any team in the league. but Will they? they beat the best, can <laughs> they beat the good teams, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's kind
0: of what we've been what we dealt with all season is um uh, uh, they are able to beat anybody, any of these. I mean that's the thing about what like again, watching the Super Bowl, it's like the Cowboys could have won that game.
1: Oh my gosh, I mean, yeah. yeah. They
0: could have lost it by twenty five, but they also could have won those games. So it's it's yep. frustrating to to see it, but that's ultimately what that season was about.
1: All right. That is it for today's show. Tomorrow's show is going to be a really fun one. We're going to continue previewing linebackers that the Cowboys could maybe draft sometime on day two. Uh, We've got some, some fun prospects that we're going to talk about tomorrow. I know there's one guy in there that you're really excited to talk about. Definitely. Uh, So join join us for that. And then on Friday, we've got a special episode. It's going to be you and Joey talking about how to tear down the Cowboys team. We talked about uh, trying to go all in for 2022 and 2023. We're gonna do the flip side on Friday. You guys are gonna talk about what it means to rebuild this team that probably actually needs a rebuild for the first time since ever.
0: ever. <laughs> I mean, since the nineties. I mean, when was the last time they actually tried to do a full rebuild, like and, and admitted that it was a rebuild? I don't know that I've I can remember Not Jerry under, Jones ever talking it's like right. that. No, so it's always no. been a reload. It's always been so, a reload.
1: Uh, yeah. So that's going to be a fun episode on Friday. Make sure you're downloading your podcast uh, wherever you get this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore
2: Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.